0: i uh-huh. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, episode 57 of our 24-minute recaps. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on all platforms at YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and of course to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. So for tonight's episode, we're going to go through two, the both the LA teams in the win column tonight, so great night for Los Angeles And then we're going to talk about last night's Celtics-Rockets game very briefly since they're another Tier 1 dime dropper team. I'll briefly go over the Hawks and their 5-0 run under Nate McMillan. And I'll also, yeah, that's all that I have on the agenda tonight. I'll also be sharing the worst Twitter take I saw today. It was bad. Um, And, yeah, that should be about it. So let's get to it. Clippers, after that terrible performance last night against the Pelicans, had a point to prove we're undefeated. On the second half of back-to-backs this season, we have only lost one. I think we only have one time where we've lost back-to-back games at all this season. And the intensity was different from the jump. We had some adjustments made. Marcus Morris Sr. is now permanently starting over Batum going forward. So it looks like Ty Lue wanted another shot creator out there. So bringing Morris into the starting lineup is going to give us that. And I still think Batum is going to be able to do what he can do off the bench. And then Serge was out with the back tightness from yesterday alongside Bev, who's already out. So we had Zoo starting. So it was more similar to the look we had in the bubble with Morris, Zoo, Reggie Jackson, Kawhi, and Paul. And I loved it. Ivich's Zubac plays so much better as a starter than he does off the bench. And I said in the beginning of the season how I was nervous that if Zoo went came off the bench, he would lose his confidence. And if we're being quite honest, Zoo has not been the same player this year. And a lot of that is that confidence. Sometimes he looks like Kwame Brown out there. The way ball just slips out of his hands. But tonight, he was assertive. On both ends of the floor, the Mavericks started out doing a lot of switching. And I thought Paul George was getting some good looks, both for himself and Zu in the first quarter. A lot of times, a couple times, Zu got a, a good matchup underneath where he was bigger than somebody. In a nice mismatch. And he went up strong. I even saw a nice jump hook today. A nice dunk. Going up strong. Finishing strong. Not that bitch, shit I, bitch stuff I saw yesterday. Little fairy shots. Not wanting to go into contact. So, we set the tone well there. But Luka still had a good first quarter and kept things somewhat at bay for Dallas in the first. But up by eight after one, Kawhi came out with the right attitude. He was guarding Luka for large stretches of the game. And he just seemed to have a different body language. Same with Paul George. The squad in general, even Reggie Jackson. Everybody seemed, you know, we need to make up for that loss. We're not... That's the one thing I do like about the Clippers. The only problem is I don't like that it takes them a bad game a lot of the time to play like this. The one positive, though, is since the All-Star break, we've had three consecutive games with Paul, George, and Kawhi. Knock on wood that they continue this way because, as I said, the only way that we can overcome a potential, you know, I said we need to make a trade to get out of the second round. The only way we can overcome that is health for the rest of the season, and mainly with Kawhi and Paul. So at least those three three games in a row is a good sign. I thought that the sec- the bench came in, and I thought that they did a good job of you know not losing grip of the game. I feel as though we always had control, even though the Mavs in the second quarter started to play well. You saw, and I thought I saw some good stuff from Porzingis this game. I saw some more, you know, getting into the mid-range area and taking advantage of size once or twice, and I and I thought. That was a lot better from him. But he's not aggressive enough for me whatsoever. And a couple of times you had Kawhi, you know, on a switch. And you got to give Kawhi credit. He guarded anybody he could tonight. This was the type of performance that I want to see from our best player. This is the type of performance that I thought we were going to get when we get Kawhi on both ends of the floor. And you know what I think about Kawhi? I've said it many episodes in the past that when Kawhi's locked in defensively from the start of the game and guarding better players, he tends to just have a better game overall. It's like he's more engaged, and the team just feeds off of it. And I just loved the mentality he brought to the game today. And in the second quarter, Paul George, in the lineup without Kawhi, was doing really poorly in terms of scoring. But there was a moment to me that was a really big moment here in his Clipper career. He was really just bricking and turning the ball over and forcing it. And he looked like he was getting really frustrated with himself. Like he was throwing his arms up. He threw the ball at the, you know, the padding under the basket. And then very, I was like, man, we got to take Paul George out. Like he's becoming a detriment right now in this game. He's losing his confidence by the second. He comes back the next play. He asks for the ball. This is like mid second quarter. He gets into the post. He turns over the right shoulder and hits. And I was like, Wow. He really didn't shy away from that moment. He wanted the ball. Even after he was struggling, he was pissed off. I'm pissed off. I love that. That's what I want to see from Paul George. Those are the little things that are going to make me just like him a lot more. Because even if he goes 5 of 18 like tonight and misses shots, I want to see the fight. And Paul George still did good things on the court tonight on the defensive end. Our defense was just massively stepped up. I mean, this is a team that scores a lot of points in Dallas. They had last year the most efficient offense in history, statistically. They scored only 99 points tonight. That's In, in today's NBA, that's a good defensive job, keeping a team under 100. And I thought that started with our leaders. I thought Batum came in off the bench and gave us a nice spark. 12 points, 4-6, of all of his shots were threes, but he knocked them down, two of them in the first half. So I thought he was good. I thought Pat Patterson came in and gave us seven minutes of decent play offensively. Got in the post, hit an open three, he had five points. And Lou was really the X-factor for me tonight. I thought in the fourth quarter, he really, you know, I just thought overall he attacked. You know, he, had, he went downhill on pick and rolls against a big guy in drop coverage. He hit some floaters. He, he just made big plays. And most importantly, despite the fact that the Mavericks tried to target him on defense in the fourth quarter, he stood up to the challenge. He got a steal in the post. I mean, you know, Porzingis needs to do a better job of how to, learning how to seal guys and getting big in the post and, like, really sealing guys and demanding the ball because Kawhi was able to front his ass too much. And that's just not – that shouldn't be a thing. He's six seven. I don't care how strong he is. And Lou Williams is stealing the ball from him on the entry. So that's not good enough from a big. You need to be more. You're seven foot three, bruh. Seven foot three. Put your arms up. Get, get you know. Get get in position. Do you have these fundamental skills? Anyway, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear any of these loading up zone defense bullshit excuses for these bigs. Get out. Get out of here. Anyway, uh, Luca basically choked for us. I thought our defense. You know, Kawhi in the fourth quarter, he was everywhere. I mean, he was ready to rotate. He was. He had this mentality that he was going to get the win tonight. I just want to see that more consistently. I want to see that when we're, you know, we weren't really put in that tough a spot tonight. I think the Mavs made a run and we, you know, Luka made it pretty easy with some of the ridiculous shots he was taking. And you know what? I haven't even talked about this yet, but Ivica Zubac is the complete player of the game. Not just because of the offensive stuff, which he continued. He rebounded. He had 11 rebounds and 15 points. Four offensive rebounds, but mainly he switched on to Luka multiple times, whether it was a late switch when Luca was going downhill, and we saw that a lot in the playoffs last year. It's great to switch Zubats on to Luka when he's already past the foul line because he's a lot like Giannis and LeBron in the sense that he doesn't really have counters when he's going downhill, but he has more than them. Sometimes he'll stop on a dime and uh, turn or pivot or pump fake, but he is still vulnerable sometimes. I shouldn't say he doesn't have any counters. He does, but it's, it's easy to catch him sometimes, just trying to go downhill and trying to draw fouls or throw some BS up, that when he sees Zu, sometimes he doesn't really know what to do. And Zu does a really good job standing his ground because when Luca goes downhill, he doesn't beat you with speed. He beats you with strength. And you can't out-strength Zu at six, seven. You are going to have to, you know, not consistently. is going to have that. He has great verticality. He's strong. So Zu struggles with quicker guys in space. Not as much with the strength of a Luka Doncic. So even on the perimeter, he was able to, to um, contain him at times. So Ivica Zubac, for me, the player of the game. And by the way, to see Paul George hit a big three at the end of the game, despite the night he had, was very, I know this is going to sound crazy and don't get too into it, but very Kobe-esque. Shooting 5 of 18, but hitting the shot that counts. We don't see that from Paul George very often. And you saw his reaction when he hit it. That means a lot. And hopefully that can get, us, get him a little nice run of confidence going forward. But that's the game. It was a great bounce-back win for the Clips. A resilient win. Reggie Jackson also contributed with some nice open shots and open threes. He had 12 points on 5 of 11 from the field and 2 of 4 from 3. Kawhi, 22 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 steals. You could argue he was the player of the game tonight. 22 points, 9 of 20, 1 of 5 from 3. The only thing I'll say is, as I said about Kawhi, and he said it himself in the presser yesterday, Consistency. That starts with you, bro. That starts with you as a leader. Tonight, you brought it. On both ends. Zubats, we already talked about it, 15 and 11. 7 of 8. So, by the way, I'm all in on the zoo should start train. I mean, Serge Ibaka came off the bench when Toronto won the championship, and I think he can do it again. And I think that zoo's chemistry with Kawhi and Paul, especially Kawhi, is just so much better. But... That's it for the Clips. We shot 44% from the three today as well. 14 of 32, not taking too many. Another guy I didn't shout out, Marcus Morris Sr. He started, and he did a great job just doing his thing. He had his worst game of the season yesterday, but he was making his shots, the contested shots that we've become so accustomed to Mook hitting. 14 points on 6 of 11 from the field. 2 of 6 from 3, so not great from 3. Maybe 1 or 2 ill-advised ones. But 6 boards and 4 assists to contribute as well. Clippers win it 109-99 move on to 26 and 15. Dallas drops to 20 and 18. Not much from the other guys. Porzingis finished with 22 and 7 on 9 of 14 from the field. Half of his shots were threes. Don't like that. He needs to get the ball more. He needs to be more decisive. He needs to be more assertive getting post position and commanding it. He's too soft. He needs to get physical. Put pressure on the officials to make a call for you. Luka Doncic, we did a good job on him. He has his stats, 25 points, 10 rebounds, 16 assists, 7 turnovers, 9 of 23 from the field, 4 of 11 from 3. He can keep on doing his thing. His thing will possibly have him out of the playoffs, even though I still think they're going to make it. But does that mean San Antonio doesn't make it? That's the real question. Tim Hardaway Jr. contributed again. Another good game against the Clippers like we saw in the glorified Summer League. 21 points on 8 of 12 from the field and 5 of 9 from 3. Let's move on to the Lakers against the Warriors. We've seen this matchup twice now, and the Lakers got their number in the last matchup. You know what's funny is they won without AD, but with AD they lost to the Warriors at the Staples Center. But the Lakers have been a great road team this season, and it wasn't much different tonight. The Lakers have done a great job of making sure that Steph Curry does not get off on them since that first time when he started going off in the second half at Staples Center. They forced the ball out of his hands, and Draymond Green... He didn't have the goods tonight. I watched a good amount of their game against Utah yesterday, Golden State, and they did not play like this at all. They play like a totally different team on both ends of the floor. They didn't come to play tonight. And you know, I'm not going to take away from the Lakers. We'll get into their side of things as well. But remember, I am, both of these teams are dime dropper teams. So. I got to talk about it from both sides, and the Warriors didn't play tonight. Like they did, straight up, did not come out to play. And quite frankly, guys, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. We're gonna be toning down the NBA coverage for a little bit, and we're gonna do start doing when the tournament starts. Even though I'm not the college basketball aficionado, man, I love March Madness. I love the NCAA tournament. I do know some things, and I'll be able to learn quick. And man, I love seeing real defense, real fight, real intensity from the players. March Madness, you know you're gonna get. All-out fight every single possession, which is not what you see in the no-defense association. So let's continue, though. The Warriors didn't come out to play tonight. I'm quite frankly seeing sick of seeing so many of these teams not even show up to the game. And the Lakers, though, defensively did a great job stopping Steph and the rest took care of itself. They did a really good job rotating to other guys and making sure that their shots weren't wide, wide open. But you also have to look at it from this perspective. Kevon Looney, not a floor spacing big, not a skilled offensive big in any slight uh, state. In uh, any way, Draymond Green is not doing classic, not shooting the ball, O of 3 from the field. Like that's just not gonna get it done. Three shots. Yeah, 2.6 rebounds, 7 assists. Not good enough. Draymond had a triple double in the last game, and I saw some statistic. I don't remember off the top of my head, but the Warriors are like so much, like 10 and 1 or something along those lines, with Draymond scoring more than eight points. So Draymond needs to be a threat in some way, especially when you have Kavon Looney out there. He's not an offensive player. Andrew Wiggins was kept at bay, 15 points on 5-9 and nine from the field. Kelly Oubre, 12 points, just very pedestrian. Steph Curry played great in the first half, but in the second half, they just kind of folded. You've got to give the Lakers credit on the defensive end, though. They were sharp. I mean Kuzma again another great performance 17 points he was plus 26 off the bench five rebounds four assists just doing all the little things rebounding cutting like again KCP tonight this is what you want to see if you're a Laker fan he is so he seems to make a huge difference when he plays well I've said it so many times KCP 14 points he was cutting he was running And the Lakers just got a lot of easy baskets tonight. 20 dunks. That comes from the defense. They communicate. And then, of course, you got to give the the credit to the captain, LeBron James. It was a cruise control first half, but he did a good job of just backing off. Montrader was playing great, finishing everything around the basket. And then you see... LeBron in the second half get a little more assertive. That turnaround over the right shoulder, he's got that down pat, and he was hitting it for the most part. And then he tried the heat check one, but Wiggins kind of predicted it. But he was getting hot, and uh, he just had a great game. Both ends of the floor, you know, took some charges, good rotations, you know, knows he knows. With, with right now the Warriors, they're not predictable at all. It's you just double team Steph and trap him on pick and rolls, and. You make them, you know, play four on threes with everybody else, and then you try to split the difference as much as you can, cover as much ground as possible, rotate to the right guys, and hopefully, you know, first of all, get some, get the ball in the person you want's hand, which is usually like a Kelly Oubre or a Wiggins shoot or Draymond shooting a three, or even better, they are indecisive and you get back to your men and rotate in time, and the Lakers did a lot of that tonight, and so LeBron though, the one thing I will say is ridiculous, uh, absolutely ridiculous with the, you know, he makes the threes up 25 points in the game. And I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, LeBron, you're done for the night. You've had a great game. You are, you know, so valuable to this team. And pl- they've been playing a lot of minutes. And, when, and don't give me that he says he doesn't get tired BS because he literally rested like a couple games after that. But, in, you know, the health is of the utmost importance, but he wants to stay in to get a triple double. And I saw the reaction of the bench. I saw he stayed in specifically for that and checked out. So, for all you guys that want to tell me he doesn't care about his stats and, like, no, someone, no, other people do that too. Get the fuck out of here and shut up. Okay? I don't want to hear the excuse making. It doesn't matter. It's just, I'm just stating a fact. It doesn't have it. he's still the best player in the NBA, all this stuff. It's just a fact. Don't get butt hurt. Already, LeBron fans on Twitter, they get to cry at every mention. I don't want to see the YouTube comments, but I guarantee there will be some because you you say something bad about LeBron, everybody gets in their, like on their period. But uh, at the end of the day, I just think that's just lame. Like, why do you need to get another triple-double after all the triple-doubles you've got? But I think that, you know, keeping it real, though, LeBron's MVP case with Embiid going down has gotten much higher again. And you know it may be... You may have to say maybe the front runner again, either him or Harden, right? I honestly think either him, Harden, or Jokic. I think Kawhi is just a little bit below those guys. I think he needs more consistency. And right now, as I said, whoever's above in the records between the Lakers and the Clips, I think that should be higher in the MVP race. So I think LeBron right now may have to be number one on my MVP race after Embiid uh, went down. That's still being said. He's a stat pattern. He really cares about it. And that was really weird. Uh, anyway, let's look read the lines though. 22, 10, and 11 for LeBron. 8 of 13. Great performance from him. A plus 33, the most in the game. LeBron was just having his way with those boys tonight. Made it look too easy. But um, Markeith Morris, 7 points. He was just decent. Didn't play too much. 16 minutes. Montrader, 27 points, 5 rebounds. You've got to give him credit. He's been fantastic with Anthony Davis out. And then a great THT night tonight. 18 points, 4 rebounds, 10 assists. Getting into the lane and making plays. Just a very, very motivated Laker team tonight. And, you know, what are they, 2-0 since they they came back from the All-Star? They're looking pretty good right now. Looking pretty good right now. And they're really priding themselves on that defensive end. Anyway, Lakers move on to 26-13. 128-97 is the final from the Chase Center. The Warriors drop to 20-20. Let's end it with the Celtics briefly against the Rockets. I watched their game last night. Uh the Rockets are just straight up terrible. They've lost I think 7 16 in a row. They are just completely chucking threes that I saw. But you got to give the Celtics uh you know credit for coming out with the right uh attitude after that loss to Brooklyn and Tristan Thompson was just great. He was getting every rebound. He was finishing around the basket, getting big. That classic, like Tristan Thompson only has like one move on offense. He just goes in and stiff arms the guy with the left hand and tries to truck him and then puts up a little floater. He has a decent touch around the rim. Uh, Jason Tatum. I thought he took over towards the end of the third quarter. I thought first quarter was, or the second quarter was more the, it was just a score fest in the beginning of the game. But, um, yeah, just a score fest in the beginning of the game. But then Jalen Brown in the second quarter was Cooking. Cooking bringing the whole repertoire, getting to the rim, mid-range area, a little, you know, a little fancy action, sidestep, step step back. Semi Ojale, thought he brought it. Played a lot of minutes because the the, uh, Celtics went smaller. Tice only played six minutes in this game because the Rockets without Christian Wood, they went a lot of small ball and a lot of just three-point shooters who just bricked incessantly. 16 of 50 from three for the Rockets. That is ridiculous. Absolutely horrible basketball. They made it so easy for Boston, but O'Jaren was able to knock down the open three too, which was very you know you need that because you know what you, what he's gonna get, what you're gonna get from him on defense. He was sliding his feet, doing his job, staying in front of guys. Nine points on three of six, and all of those shots were threes. Plus 28, the highest and of any Celtic. But I thought that there was a phase where Kemba was getting off a little bit. he was only 4 of 11, but he saw a good game. 16 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, doing the right things, playing a D. And then Jason Tatum towards the end of the third quarter and ended with a buzzer beater. The Celtics outscored the Rockets 38-19 in the third, which was the difference in making this a blowout. Tatum with 23 points, good bounce back win for the Celtics. 134-107 the final last night from Houston. The Celtics... Go on to 20 and 18, the Rockets 11 and 26. Now, very briefly, I'm going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks, one of our dime dropper teams who are 5 and 0 under new coach Nate McMillan. And part of the reason that is, is because health. Gallinari's back, and he's averaging 17 points in the month of March. I said it so many times that when, you know, keeping Gallo involved, make sure he's incorporated. And I think Trey has done a better job since the new coach has come of taking a step back. The other day, he scored only 14 points. John Collins at 22 and 12. That's what I want to see. That's the type of thing that will actually make players better. You chill for a night. Let John Collins have his night. That's better from Trey. I want to see that. And the Hawks are 5-0. Bogdanovich is back. You know, it's starting to click. And maybe it's showing, you know, I'm not going to say I was wrong. Oh, Trey, uh, was, it wasn't his fault. It was the coach. No, Trey definitely contributed to some of the faults and losses of this team. But it's showing that the coach was the bigger fault. And the bigger flaw was coaching and injuries. You know, DeAndre Hunter still yet to come back. But the main thing with the Hawks is you still got to give Trey Young the benefit of the doubt. He's younger than me by a couple months. So, you know, this kid is going to learn. He's going to learn. And the Hawks, I think if they continue to just take care of business, by the way, Rondo's back too, and he's starting to play a little bit, consistent run of games, hopefully. They can get into that playoffs. I think they're a better team than the Hornets. Even though they're 0-2 against them this season, I'm still going to stick by it. They're better than the Hornets. But anyway, that's it for me tonight. Two minutes short of the 24-minute recap. Let me know what you think. I'm going to go to the live chat now with the subscribers. Make sure to drop a dollar or a dime. Super chat's turned on. Peace.